0: I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. This week, I want to just spend some time talking about things that I have been reflecting on. I did an interview with Sean Keyes on his new podcast called BPD and Me last week. He mentioned something that was really important. He said, Sometimes it's hard for him to remember the pain that he felt, speaking of when he was in the throes of the disorder. I feel that same way. Sometimes it's hard for me to relate to how bad that felt or how desperate I felt, which for my life is incredible. It means that recovery is a beautiful thing, filled with joy, joy that I actively choose. But it also means that the divide between borderline and me is becoming more and more vast. Now, I want this to happen, don't get me wrong. Though, I don't want to invalidate the struggle of everyone out there listening to me and listening to the recovery stories on here. This recovery is really hard. The things I'm asking you all to do are incredibly difficult. I want to take this time right before the holidays in the U.S. to let you know that I see you. I see your pain, your struggle, your stubbornness, your stiff necked behavior. I see it all. I remember the times of desperation and how hard it all is. I also know that I don't want you to give up in the face of the mountain of struggle that is recovery. I want you to be brave and know that you are strong enough to walk the path of recovery. You can do it. I promise you that. Anything can be done with enough grit, passion, and effort. Now, with that being said, many of you are frustrated. You can listen to an episode and hear hope and then struggle big time with implementing the things I have said. Some of the things I'm asking folks to do on previous episodes are difficult to do without a coach and even with a coach or therapist many of my clients will tell you that this is hard stuff. Remember the blank space in my brain? So if you are a new listener, I described having BPD as having this blank space in my brain where I could logically understand how to be a good human. And how to tell other people how to regulate their emotions. But I didn't understand how to do it myself. And every time I was given information, I had to repeat it over and over and over again. Because I was installing new information. Like you would if you had flashcards for the GED. Or some kind of test with rote info or facts. My son is in 5th grade right now and he's learning about the history of the United States. He has to memorize facts, dates that was recovery for me repetition practice repetition practice and so on i had to fill that blank space so if you keep messing up or failing quote unquote to use hyperbolic words and phrases that we think in our head don't keep don't give up keep trying you'll notice that i say similar things across all episodes I am doing that in order to help with this process of repetition. The more you do the same thing over and over and over again, you get better at it. It takes 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert at something, remember? And I know I've been in recovery a long time, so I have a lot of practice at it. You'll get there. Keep filling that blank space. But if you find that you continue to have rage episodes you continue to suck the life out of your favorite host, if you engage in tyrannical behavior towards your partner or favorite host, or just continue to feel empty inside and not be able to wrap your mind around identity development, I want you to ask yourself two questions. One, have you hardened your heart so much that you would rather choose hatred over love deep down? And, Two, are you focusing your energy and efforts on making yourself look like you are in recovery versus actually engaging in the self-reflection that needs to be done to make recovery happen from the inside out? So let's start with question one. Have you hardened your heart so much that you would rather choose hatred over love deep down Well, what does it mean to harden your heart? Just like I encouraged you to look up words and phrases to give definitions to the things that you are saying when you go through the process of not speaking in hyperboles, I wanna give you the actual definition of a hardened heart. Merriam-Webster says that hardening one's heart means to stop having kind or friendly feelings for someone or to stop caring about something. When I looked up synonyms for the word hard-hearted, yup, like hard-headed, that's actually a thing. I actually never heard it said that way before researching information for this episode. But anyway, hard-hearted synonyms are heartless, merciless, mean, and unforgiving. So let's go back to the question. Are you hard-hearted? Are you unforgiving? Are you mean? Did you stop caring? If you had asked me that back in the day when I was going through it, I would have probably said, I'm not mean, and I am forgiving, but I totally stopped caring. I'd imagine many of you feel similarly. However, I would have answered incorrectly, honestly. I was mean. I was unforgiving. To others, yes, sure. We already talked about tyranny but also to myself. I didn't want to forgive anyone, and that included forgiving myself, especially after I started realizing that I was wrong all that time, that I was hard to love, that I was not normal, that I was awkward and different. Man, that was tough. I had become hard-hearted. I didn't want to accept love. I didn't want to accept forgiveness. I didn't even know how. And the worst part about that was that I didn't even realize that that was my vulnerable truth. I wanted to believe that I was anything but callous and hard-hearted. All I wanted was to be loved and never left. But with a hard heart, I was never going to get what I wanted because I could not receive it willingly. Does this sound like you? Many times I hear from people who get wrapped up in the unjust nature of things. Maybe they feel they are being treated poorly or differently at work. Maybe they feel like they have too much schoolwork or too many college assignments and they are overwhelmed. Maybe they question why other people get an easier life, get away with things, or are treated better or more fairly than they are. Maybe the things that you perceive to be unjust are in your relationship. What about feeling like you are always wrong because you have BPD? Or feeling like it isn't fair that your partner gets to hang out with friends and family when you don't have many friends or any friends, and you may be the quote unquote black sheep of the family. Maybe you feel like your behavior is under a microscope and that it's not fair. Or maybe your partner is going through something like substance abuse or some other issue, and they just can't support you the way you need right now. And you know that you can't have a tantrum to get their attention, but it still feels not fair. You wanna support them, but you really would rather have that attention. As a result of feeling like we are treated unfairly, we often target someone or something. Let's look at the job example. Maybe your boss is the target, or coworkers. Maybe you begin to wish them harm. I know how our brains work and how they are wired, and I know the bad thoughts and downright evil thoughts people with BPD can conjure up because of the deep pain that we experience. Maybe you have hatred and ill wishes towards your teacher, or professor, or towards the whole college curriculum. Maybe you have wished that your professor wouldn't live to see another day for not giving you that extension that you needed because you were up the night before fighting with your boyfriend. Maybe you hold on to resentment and anger towards your parents or partner for everything that you have been going through in your life, for even having been diagnosed in the first place. So you start to wish that they could feel what you feel, that they could hurt the way you hurt. If you have ever thought or felt any of the things I just described, even in different scenarios, it is likely that you have a hardened heart. If you think you are a forgiving and loving person, but you refuse to forgive that one person and wish harm would come to another person, or you forget, refuse to forgive yourself, then you are not acting in a way that a loving and forgiving person acts. Another way that you can tell if you have a hardened heart is whether or not you care about receiving love. Now, I know, I know, we have BPD. So, of course, we seek love and we seek validation. I get all of that. I understand it. I'm not talking about the smoke and mirrors. I'm not talking about what other people see or what we want other people to think I'm talking about when you are alone and you're trying to find your identity and you feel disconnected from everyone and everything and you start to think there is something wrong with you. Yes, there is. You have become hard-hearted. Remember that definition, to stop caring. After years of feeling rejected, of experience abuse experiencing abuse of experiencing trauma the heart hardens and we lose hope we become people on the outside that seem to be looking for love but really we are looking for rejection and have put a wall between us and love and forgiveness so how can we soften our hearts again a heart can only be softened with the cultivation of safe and caring attachments within ourselves and, within our, and with others. Through self-care and healing, we can find safety, warmth, and independence. We can also begin to depend and trust in other people when we can trust in and depend on ourselves. So we have to be willing to take a leap into loving and forgiving ourselves and those around us in order to recover. The next time you look at yourself in the mirror, try softening your heart. You have good qualities. You deserve love. You deserve forgiveness. Let's continue to troubleshoot recovery. Let's look at question two. Are you focusing your energy and efforts on making yourself look like you're in recovery versus actually engaging in the self-reflection that needs to be done to make recovery happen from the inside out? Let's say you're out hiking or searching for a treasure. Maybe you come across an old cup in the dirt that someone had handmade and dropped there on their own expedition. So you take the cup and you wash the outside. You polish it and shine it up and get it looking real nice. And you give it to your favorite host and they love it. It's shiny and beautiful and looks amazing. Then, they fill the cup with water and try it out, only to find that the inside of the cup is dirty. The water mixes with the dirt and is soiled, undrinkable. The cup has lost its appeal and leaves a bad taste in their mouth. Recovery for many people can be a lot like that cup. Many of us work hard at polishing only the outside of the cup. We buy boatloads of self-help books and DBT workbooks when our partners or loved ones threaten to leave us because of our behavior. We even, maybe we even opened a page or two. We change our appearances after a breakup and dye our hair all kinds of childlike colors. We try to lose weight or control our self-worth and body image through the use of food and exercise. We go to therapy week in and week out and talk about surface level stuff. We talk in grandiose ways using language of our culture to say things like he is a victim blamer. She is into choice culture. That triggers me. We manage our impulses around the people who can see right through us. We change our last names. The list goes on and on and on. But at the same time, we don't finish the workbooks. Most of us, I know some of you out there do. We regret dying our hair so many times because it's getting unhealthy. Most of us feel insecure about the color we chose and post pictures in BPD support groups to get validation that we know isn't even what we need. Instead of focusing on how we feel, And learning to identify emotions, we try to say that fat is a feeling and if we starve ourselves and then we overeat, we're somehow in control. If we are thin, then we'll be happy, right? We blame our therapist for not helping when we don't let them in. We claim the role of the victim and then try to hurt anyone who calls us out on it. We'd rather not believe we have choices because, well, then we would actually have to change. We change our last names because we think that will break the cycle of intergenerational trauma or at least distance ourselves from the deep, intense, emotional abuse we have felt from family members. In other words, we polish the outside of the cup without cleaning the inside. No amount of self-help books will change you if you don't have guidance and willingness to understand that your BPD perspective is not the neurotypical perspective and that you need support developing the ability to tune in to other people's perspectives. You can dye your hair all shades of unicorn, but that will not take away the pain of the loss you are experiencing. It won't help you find yourself. You can starve yourself and convince yourself that fat is in fact a feeling, but that won't fill you. And it isn't real control. It's an illusion that makes you more out of control and chaotic. I know. I've been there. You can go to therapy and outsmart your clinician and brag about it on social media. But that won't soften your heart or expose the pain that needs to be felt to heal. You can blame everyone and continue not to acknowledge the power of choice and continue to be triggered by words on a screen, but you will not recover. You can change your last name, but if you keep modeling the behaviors of the people who hurt you, because that is all you know of love, you will still perpetuate the very cycle you are trying to break. So clean the inside of that cup so that the outside is also clean. Make a choice to stop blaming the world, Dye your hair back, open your self-help books, and start reading something inspirational like David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me. Cook yourself a nutritious meal. Instead of spending your energy, pinching your skin, and taking pictures of yourself, research a healthy, nutritious meal and then go and get the ingredients and cook it. Exercise, because it's good for emotion regulation. Tell your therapist, The truth. Apologize to the last person you hurt in a vulnerable and real way. And start trying to figure out what behaviors you model from your early childhood caregivers and use changing your last name as the reward you give yourself when you have actually chipped away at not modeling those behaviors in your current relationships. Make the choice. To Make the change. It's going to be hard and messy, but you do have control. If there is one thing that we as individuals with BPD or hyperbolic temperaments have, it's the control to make the choice to change the way we are living our lives. We need to choose that to transform into the people that we say we want to be. And again, it will be hard and messy, but if you only clean the outside of the cup, it will leave a bad taste in your mouth and in the mouths of the people you say you love. So keep going. You are worthy of love, and you are worthy of forgiveness, and you can recover Until next time. Happy Holidays! I just wanted to remind everybody that our merch store is up. If you go to thriveonlinecounseling.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, you can click on Check It Out under From B2B Gear by Thrive. You can also click on the new link to support groups in the main menu, and that will take you to our 12-week structured support group starting mid-January. We have limited space available in the Monday and Friday groups, but a lot of space available in that Wednesday group. So if you're looking to sign up, definitely do that today. And again, if you need to pay the payments every week, let's do it. Give us a shout out. Call us at 844-984-7483 or send me an email at rose at thriveonlinecounseling.com. We'll be happy to help you out. Have a great holiday season, everybody, and I'll see you next week for another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Okay, thanks for listening. That was From Borderline to Beautiful. A production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message